0: Welcome to Career Crashers, where we tell the stories of those who are not content to wait around, following rules, and hoping for good things to happen. Great careers aren't found, they're forged. It's time to crash the party. All right, I am really excited on this episode of Career Crashers to be joined by... A legend in the comic book world, Vincent Zerzolo. He's the co-owner of Metropolis, which is the world's largest dealer of vintage comics. He's also a co-owner of ComicConnect.com, which is the premier auction site for vintage comics. Uh, Vincent, you have a pretty wild and exciting career story, and you're in a very interesting and exciting industry. So welcome to Career Crashers.
1: Thanks so much. It's my pleasure.
0: So... I want to start with a question that's actually kind of in the middle of your story, and then we can sort of hop around to the beginning um, and come back. I was reading in an article uh, that had been written about you, I think it was in Forbes or something, that there was a particular moment I found really interesting. You were going to college, I think you were studying marketing or something, and you were doing an internship at an agency, um, and you you had almost gotten fired, and it was over a misunderstanding, and it all got cleared up, but you said something, you said, that was the moment you realized you didn't want to be in that position again where somebody could fire you. You wanted to be your own boss. I thought that was really, really interesting. And I've heard that from several kind of entrepreneurs or freelancers that they had a, an experience that made them realize they didn't want that kind of arrangement again. So I'd love to hear from that point, when you had that realization, what did you do to start making your way to do your own thing? So it was, it was a really
1: interesting uh, moment for me. Uh, there's nothing worse than being accused of something that you didn't do when you, you know you did the right thing, and yet somebody had power over you that could have caused you a lot of trouble. If she had uh, fired me from that internship, I wouldn't have graduated on time, and I was a very serious student, so that was mind-blowing to me in that moment. Uh, thankfully, the head of the marketing department said, oh, we'll give we'll give him another chance, and he was nice about it. But it was at that moment, I said, I will do not ever want to be in a position again in my life when somebody has control over my destiny. Uh, And after I graduated, I was considering pursuing a job in marketing, which would have entailed me taking about an hour and 15 minute train ride into the city and an hour and 15 minute train ride back to Rockaway Beach, which is where I grew up in Queens in New York City. Or the other choice was. I could work in my bedroom on in my boxers and probably make double what I'd make my first year out of college at a regular job. The choices was not that difficult to make for me. Uh, I'm extremely passionate about what I do and pursuing comic books was something that I definitely knew I wanted. Um, and, and it wasn't always easy. Uh, there were a lot of um, rough moments. There were a lot of times where I said to myself, you know, is this worth it? I mean, I, I, I can, I have recollections of traveling cross country to do conventions in Oakland, California. And at the end of the show, I'd look at it, look at my expenses, look at my cost of my comic books, look at my time, and I was breaking even, and sometimes not even. Uh, and it was, it was disheartening, uh, but I kept at it. And I um, had a really strange, situation happened to me, I think it was 1996. I was 25 years old and I was at a convention in Manhattan and it was April 2nd, Uh, I went to close down my booth and I was borrowing a friend's van at the time that didn't have any locks on it. And I thought it would be safer to leave my best books in the convention room, um, being watched by another dealer I knew. Uh, instead of leaving them in an unlocked van in the middle of Manhattan. And when I came back after my first trip, my four best boxes of comic books were gone. They were completely gone. And I thought somebody was playing a late April Fool's joke on me. And I asked the guy who was supposed to be watching my stuff, who had his back to my stuff, which I still, it still irks me to this day uh and he said he um he said oh i've been watching them.' i said how could you watch them you have your back to them and they're gone and he had no clue and nobody was playing a joke on me i had no
0: what are we we talking about value wise in those four boxes probably at
1: that time somewhere around forty thousand dollars worth of comic books and
0: and what did that mean to you then
1: it it was pretty much my best inventory Mm -hmm. and some of the comic books i had bought the night before hadn't even paid for them yet um the check was was written out but wasn't mailed yet um some of them were on consignment so i had to pay people that uh who consigned them to me because that was the right thing to do but what i'm getting at is this really interesting part of the story and this is kind of strange but i i was seeing this girl at the time who used to see a psychic and i'm not into psychics in any way shape or form but i was kind of desperate i went to see the psychic and um, the psychic actually told me the name of the person who I believe did steal my comic books, but I didn't, was never able to prove it. But at the end of the, the, the um, meeting with the psychic, I said to the psychic, said, you know, I've been having doubts about pursuing comic books. It's not been the easiest road, obviously. You can see what happened here. Um, I was thinking about pursuing acting. And, and the psychic just went, no, 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 no. Stick with the comic books do you want to know what I see?" And I got I get goosebumps just just mentioning this right now. And I said, don't tell me. Don't tell me anything. I wish I had, could go back in time and have the person write on a letter, like, in an envelope and, and, and put it, you know, like, open this in 20 years and you'll know what I mean, or something like that. But as it turned out, I did stick with comic books. Uh, when I got ripped off, it, it taught me that um, the first month I was really depressed about it. I had no insurance, like I said. But it taught me, after 30 days of of being in agony, I woke up one morning and I said, if I continue acting like this, then this person really stole something from me. And instead, what I'm going to do is I am going to work 10 times smarter, 10 times faster, 10 times harder than I've ever worked in my life to make uh, my business work and to get back to where uh, I was and, and move forward. And I did just that. Uh, Things I didn't think I was capable of, I was doing. I was closing deals much more than I had been. I was working longer hours. I was finding every different angle I could to make my business work. Um, And that was 1996. In 1999, I merged companies with my partner, Stephen, and uh, we've been partners. This July will be 21 years. Uh, which is longer than my first marriage and his marriage put together. <laughs> so that,
0: it's, that's, that's so incredible. The uh, I love that moment. You know, whether it's a, a psychic or a stranger or someone else, it's there are some times where like you just need somebody other than yourself to tell you no, keep going, and to have hmm. that little bit of a you know. I think I think that was a great. That's a great story. I, I want to go back to and this will help us kind of fill in from the earlier part of your, your life. When you said, um, you know, the choice before you, you could make twice as much working from, you know, your basement in your shorts, to to even know that you could make twice as much, to have confidence in that, I'm assuming you must've already been doing a lot of selling, buying and selling comic books to know that that was possible. I mean, that's that's a lot of confidence to have. So how did you get to that point? So that by the time you graduated college, you even knew that this was an option for you.
1: Right. So, so there are a few things that go into that moment. Um, uh, I had been buying and selling comics since I was about 15 years old, doing it mostly part-time through high school, college. And um, I did all right. You know, I was making some money and it was cool. Um, one of the things I learned in uh, St. John's University, which is where I went to school in Queens, um, there, there was a building called Sullivan Hall. and my business teacher was Professor Sullivan, and this guy donated money to make this building. And he started off in the um, as the uh, um, the mail guy, the guy who brought everybody their mail. Um, the, the word is escaping me right now, but um, in in the Borden Company, Borden Food Company, and he worked his way all the way up to the CEO. And one of his pieces of advice. One of his pieces of advice was to maintain your integrity. Uh, The other piece of advice was to write down your goals. And so when I, when I decided, I I said to myself, I can make double, I wrote down what my goal was for that year. And I literally hit it on the mark 12
0: months later. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. That's incredible. So, you know, as a as a young person, kind of through high school, this is like a fun thing you're doing. You like comics, you're, you're buying and selling them with your friends. And going into college, did you go in thinking, I want to go, you know, learn the business side of this so I can turn it into a business? Or were you thinking, this is just a side hobby, you're going to go get a sort of a normal job, quote?
1: I, I wasn't 100% sure. Uh, I, I knew I, lo- I really enjoyed marketing, and that's what I majored in. I was also fortunate enough to go to school overseas for a semester in, uh, in Hungary, um, which was an incredibly valuable experience beyond what I learned in school. Just it, it, growing up in a small town and then seeing uh, Europe, especially Eastern Europe at that time, uh, was really amazing. Um, so I don't know if I knew I was going to pursue comic books, but I do remember when I got when I graduated and I told my father who. Uh, both my parents, immigrants from Italy, uh, came here with nothing and lived the American dream. Uh, and I told my father that I was going to pursue comic books. And he said to me, I send you to four fucking years of college, and this is what are you going to do? And I said, Dad, Dad, I, I promise I'll, I'll use everything I learned in school to be successful in comic books. And um, I did. I consciously did. Um, one of the things that I noticed... Um, in my in the business was uh uh, that i had to be able to figure out how to compete against people who had tons more um money experience knowledge and network um customers than i did so how am i going to compete against these guys who've been already in the business 25 30 40 years and one of the areas i saw where there was a weakness in the business was customer service um and i grew up uh, watching my mother, who was an amazing hostess, uh, whenever we had family friends over, and my father, who owned uh, a restaurant, was a chef, and, and how he cared for customers in the restaurant. And I um, used those same types of techniques and what I saw and to to grow my business and to build a brand. Um, and, and that was one area where I, 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 I could blow these guys away because they just didn't have quite that... Um, polished touch that I think I have when it comes to treating people right. Uh, it goes with the, uh, the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So you treat people nicely and hope that comes back to you, that type of thing. And uh, I saw my business grow. Um, and once again, there were lean years, but um, it, it taught me to appreciate my success. And it also taught me not to take it for granted.
0: That that's a really interesting. I, I love that differentiator that you point out with your business. And first, just an aside observation, I've found disproportionately, uh, people who become entrepreneurs, so many of them had someone in their life who was a small business owner. They grew up with a parent or an uncle or a friend or something, and they and they kind of saw that the way that was done and how that's possible. So I just think it's interesting with your parents um, you know, having a restaurant. But but I love that insight. We we had a, uh, I interviewed a guest um, earlier on this show who said, you know, if he thinks that you need three things to to really excel in your career. You need to, uh, what was it, identify what your superpower is, something that you're really good at that other people aren't, what's the industry or area that you want to, um, you know, to, to focus on. And, um, and so I think you've got this, you know, oh, the third one was... Uh, sort of place where, where do you want to both physically and sort of more broader? Like what's the culture you want to be a part of? So it seems like you've got this identification, you know, the industry in the game and you kind of know the place you're in New York city, you know, the industry, the comic book industry, but what's that differentiator? What's your sort of unique skill? And I love that you identified in a business that's kind of could be commoditized, right? You buy low, you sell high, you're buying comics from people, you're finding people who value them more. And turning that saying, no, my, my differentiator is customer service. I know how I can deliver something more than just a transactional experience to people. I think that's just a really cool insight.
1: I, I, um, I think I'm really good at customer service, but I don't think that's my superpower.
0: What's your superpower?
1: My superpower is I'm a great salesman. Um, and I think it it has to do with, um, natural ability, but also being able to hone certain skills. Uh, one, of the easy, one of the things that makes my job very easy as a salesman is that I do believe in the product that I'm selling. Um, but having said that, um, I think that, that definitely, you know, having that ability to be able to sell and, and being able to sell is also being able to buy because when you're buying, you're not only making an assessment of, of a collection, you're selling yourself in terms of your ability to pay a fair price and uh, to gain the person's trust and confidence so they feel comfortable to um, part with their prized possessions. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing, I I should mention a couple of other things real quick. Um, One of my my, um, greatest accomplishments in my business is I'm the first person who ever sold a comic book for a million dollars.
0: uh, I was going to ask you, like, tell me one of your greatest sales success stories and then sales failure stories. So there you go.
1: um, It was Action Comics number one. It was uh, the first appearance of Superman from 1938. um, It was in 8.0 condition and I sold it to a young um, entrepreneur who was in um, online marketing. And the guy must have been a genius because he was pretty young at the time and worked over a million bucks for a comic book. Wow. Uh, yeah, and so that was really cool. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is, again, it, I didn't start at the top. I, I was selling uh, at comic book conventions when I was a kid, and when I got out of college, one of the first things I did is I actually would set up on the streets of Manhattan, and I had uh, a friend who from Rockaway who was also a comic dealer, and he would set up in Manhattan. He told me I should come with him, and I did. And the first day I went out there, I made 50 bucks. And I looked at him like, dude, just more in gas and tolls and parking. What am I doing here? And he's mm-hmm. like, no, no, trust me, Ben. You got to come back again. They just got to get to know you. Give another. The next day I made 60 bucks, and I'm looking at him like, dude, what am I doing here? So trust me, trust me. So the third day I went, I did 200 bucks, and that was really cool. Uh, and then it kept growing from there. And uh, uh, for the that summer, I basically would work. In Manhattan, um, 9 to 3, or no, excuse me, about, uh, about 10 to 3, um, come home, unpack, and go down to the beach and play volleyball with my buddies. Uh, and then, you know, just relax and get ready for the next day. Uh, it was a lot of fun. That was a, a summer I'll never forget. Um, and it, and it also, again, I think being face-to-face with people on a regular basis every day and trying to hustle on the streets of Manhattan that's not the easiest thing in the world to do. And, uh, it was fun. It was something I miss and something that I always will uh, cherish. And again, it's that type of thing that teaches you to appreciate, uh, where you come from, where you're and where you're at and also, uh, how to hone your skills.
0: So yeah, on that, you know, sort of the honing of skills and, and sales, I know as an art form that you've got to, you've got to just try and get in repetitions to, to learn and get better. I'd love to hear whether it's you were attempting to buy a comic from someone uh, or sell a comic to someone. If you have a story where you you failed at making the sale and that helped you have an insight about how to improve in the future. Do you have any examples um, of sort of, you know, sales <laughs> errors that you made in the past that helped you learn how to do it differently? I'm not sure
1: about that. But one thing I I, I do know is that there have been times I have talked a customer out of buying something, <laughs> and because for a couple, either I didn't think the comic book was worth it, even uh, so, because sometimes I'm brokering a comic book and the seller gives me a price and I bring it to the buyer, and uh, they'll ask me for my opinion. You know, should I buy this book? And I could have made the sale very easily, and instead I said no, I think it's, it's overvalued and I don't think you should buy it. I'm bringing it to you because you told me that you wanted this book and it's the only one I can find at this time. And what that has done for me, and I've done that time and time again, uh, what it has done for me is it has established a, a relationship and trust with a client where they feel comfortable if I do tell them to pull the trigger that I'm saying that in earnest and not just to lie in my pockets. Uh, there's something to be said for that. And I think people can see through that. I think that people, you might fool somebody once, you know, the old adage, but um, you you just don't, and you don't want to build a reputation on that. Uh, for me, the best thing in the world is where I see a, a um, everybody make money. If it's, if it's, I'm brokering something, the seller makes money, the buyer's happy with it. Eventually when they go to sell it, they make money. Um, I've made my cut. Um, or if I'm just buying and selling something, I, I, there's nothing better than seeing a guy, a customer, just with a big smile on their face um, when they're happy about making a purchase. And oftentimes I'll joke around with people and say, what do you do for a living? And I'll say, I'm a happiness dealer. Like, what do you mean? I said, Well, I make people happy. What do you do? You a drug dealer? I said, no, I'm not a drug dealer. But in a sense, comic books uh, can be an addiction. Uh, I sell comic books, I sell recycled paper, um, or I'm recycling paper, old paper. Uh, so you you see this this kind of um interesting way of developing uh, uh a rapport um a relationship with people and, and it and last i've I've got clients for over thirty years
0: Wow that's incredible yeah that, that's a that's such a great insight that you know the the deal the sale uh may get you a step ahead in the near term, but like your reputation will live with you for your entire career, for your entire life. And uh, optimizing for that reputation is, is really powerful. I want to I wanna bring it home with a, with a final uh, question for you and something that I think is a, relevant to, you know, all of our listeners. I think everybody, everybody who's trying to pursue a career that is meaningful and enjoyable to them at some point is going to come to a moment like a moment that you experienced where you decide, I think this is the path that's right for me. And somebody in your life, and usually people that love and, and you, know, you respect and they love and want the best for you, they give you some shit about it, right? And so in this case, when, you're, when your parents were like, what, what in the world you said know, you t- you t- you t- about your dad telling you, you know, I didn't pay for you to go to college for you to do this. How, what, what will you tell people for those moments when you know, people look at you and say, you just went and got a college degree and now you're going to go sell comics? You know, even if you can make more money, there's maybe less immediate prestige and you're going you're gonna to catch some blowback. How do you resist giving into that kind of pressure and really stick with what you know, you want to do? First of
1: all, there was no, no uh, prestige in selling comic books at the time. Every person I would tell that I'd meet at a party or something. So what do you really do? <laughs> you <know? laughs> so that's put up a little chip on your shoulder. And so now, you know, when you make a million dollar sale or you see all these superhero movies, you feel a little bit better about it. And people, as soon as they know what you do, they want, they ask a million questions. It's very different now. Um, but to get back to your question, um, I think one of the most important things that a person can do in their life um, is live life with passion and pursue what they're passionate about. Uh, and, and this doesn't always mean, oh, you have to go to do something to make the most money. I, I didn't think I was going to, I never, I didn't really have a, an idea of I, I'm going to make X number of dollars. I remember. A few years into my partnership, I was very happy with the money I was making and it's grown from there. Uh, And I was happy when I wasn't making as much money. I just, I love being around comic books. The art form I think is the greatest American art form that there is. Um, I have an art gallery here in Manhattan, Metropolis Gallery, NYC.com. And we we do art shows uh, with famous comic book artists. And it's just a beautiful thing for me to be a part of. Uh, I would say for people, more important than the money in your pocket is to be happy. Uh, I can't stress enough, and it's not something that we're taught um, in this society. Everything is about making money in in America, or not everything, but a lot of what drives people. Um, Isn't it a shame that we have to get an education to get a job? Wouldn't it be great to just get an education to learn? I mean, if I had just thought about, hey, I just want to learn stuff and not worry about a job afterwards, I would have studied philosophy, theology, sociology. I love that stuff. But I was a business major because I thought that this would lead me somewhere. I was also, I was also passionate about marketing, but not as much as these other things. I, I find theology, philosophy, uh, sociology, I find those really amazing subjects. Um, but and that, one other thing I would say to people out there is don't stop your education with college. Uh, or masters, keep learning every day. There's, there's always something to learn. Great book to pick up. Something to read, a seminar to, read, uh, to to go to. I used to go to Tony Robbins seminars. Incredibly helpful, fantastic stuff. So there's always something. And, and if you meet somebody that you um, think you can learn something from, yeah, pursue it. and Talk to that person and pick their brains. It's, uh, the term is called modeling, role modeling find a role model and model yourself after that person. So those are all great things to do. Um, Live life with passion, go after your dreams um, and have fun. Really have fun. And also one other thing I would say, one other thing that I learned, um, try to, as your business grows, it's very easy to have to wear a bunch of different hats. Try your best to focus on what brought you to that success level and not get caught up with all the other jobs. Now, that might be difficult at certain points because you might not have the money to pay somebody to do every single thing you need them to do, Um, but uh, as much as you possibly can, stick with what brought you to uh, that level and uh, your strengths. Stick with your strengths. Um, If you're not a good bookkeeper, hire somebody to do your bookkeeping. You should not be spending your entire day doing bookkeeping, and that sounds funny, but that... Yeah, if you're a one-man operation like I was for a number of years, I was doing that. I was doing everything myself. Uh, funny thing is, during the pandemic, I had to kind of go back to that because nobody was allowed to work. So I was running the whole show. I had my entire staff working from home. I was the only one um, able to make the deposits in the bank and and do everything that needed to get done. I was having stuff mailed to my home and and uh, it was. It was humbling, but it was also very invigorating because it taught me uh, or reminded me, I should say, of what I'm capable of.
0: Mm, I love it. I love it. All right. I got, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you one last question. Sure. Which movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is your favorite?
1: All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you two answers. So the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I would probably say Captain America Winter Soldier because... I just think it's such a sensational movie. If you took out the superhero aspects of that movie, it, it reads like a 1970s spy thriller. Um, but my favorite Marvel movie would be the, what I consider the beginning of Marvel before it became the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which was Blade. I could watch that movie a hundred times. That's, that, the opening scene of Blade is is phenomenal. It's just again, it got the goosebumps. It's just an amazing movie. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with the reboot Uh, in a year or two. um, They're doing one. So that'll be exciting. Oh my gosh.
0: I I forgot that was even Marvel. Now I've got to go back. I remember watching that when I was young. I loved Blade. I thought it was so cool. So I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm going to have to rewatch that. That's incredible. Vincent, thank you so much for taking the time, man. This is absolutely awesome. Um, Where is the best place for people to check out what you're up to?
1: So we got metropoliscomics.com and comicconnect.com. Those are the two websites. metropolisgallerynyc.com is our gallery website. Right now, we don't have an active uh, live show yet, but we have one in the making. Hopefully, that will be coming down the pipe soon. Um, And uh, we're also on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Not TikTok yet, but maybe soon. I just kind of still learn dance moves. (laughs)
0: <laughs> awesome. We'll link to all that stuff. Thanks so much for sharing your story with us, man.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for all the great interview. I really appreciate
0: it. You bet. Like what you hear? Go to Crash.co and join the career revolution. If you want to share your own career crash story, send it directly to me at Isaac at crash.co.